0: Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 to 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other. So neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left.
1: Let us pray. In the name of God, who is our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer, we open our hearts to hear from you, our ears to listen to you, and our minds to understand. Amen. It is such a pleasure to be back at P's and G's. Um, I was married here, I worked here for a year and it has so many memories and it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to be here with you again. This morning we hear about a pivotal story in the history of the people of Israel, a pivotal story in the history of all of us when God saves the people of Israel and they cross over the Red Sea and move. From being slaves to being free. The people of Israel were suffering. They were suffering being oppressed as slaves. They were suffering from a xenoph- xenophobic Pharaoh who wanted to kill the baby boys. And God chose a very unlikely person to lead them into freedom Moses. And today I want to think about the calling of Moses and what it says to us as we are facing as a global planet, a crisis which is bigger than COVID, a crisis which is bigger than slavery in Egypt. We have shifted in the last few years from a slow burn to a red zone. This week in London is going to be 40 degrees. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on the tube when it's over 30, it is a very horrible experience. London is going to hit 40 for the first time ever. If you think of the impact on the UK, what is the impact on other parts of the world? I want to share with you a couple of experiences that we are facing now in Africa. Just before Easter, a rain bomb fell on the city of Durban. The same amount of rain that normally falls in six months fell in two days. Washed away homes, washed away schools, washed away roads. One family lost nine members. Almost 500 people died in those floods. As the oceans heat up, we know that about 85% of the human-made warming goes into the oceans, and that evaporation causes these incredible floods. At the moment, on the Horn of Africa. They are facing the worst famine and drought for the last 40 years. Across the north of Kenya, Somalia, people are facing starvation. I read a story a couple of days ago in the BBC of a family in the north of Kenya and the children are so malnourished, there's a 12-year-old who hasn't been to school for a year because he is now too weak to even walk to get to school. They've had to slaughter their cattle, they've slaughtered their goats, they've killed their chickens. Nothing, nothing is growing. And this is only the beginning of climate change. On Pentecost Sunday, a massacre took place in Nigeria. In the Catholic Church in the north of Nigeria, Armed militia went into the Catholic Church and murdered 42 people. Babies, young people, adults. It didn't even hit the press. I wonder if you even heard about it. Almost 50 people killed in a Catholic Church on Pentecost Day. It was about religion. It was Islamic militants coming into the church and murdering people. But one of the underlying causes of that was climate change. Because the situation in the north of Nigeria has changed. It used to be that the herders and the farmers lived a symbiotic relationship. So the herders would come south looking for water at the time when the farmers had finished harvesting And the cows would come in and eat what was left over of the harvest. And as we know, cows would then fertilize the land. And they had a symbiotic relationship. But with climate change now, the rains have dried up. And so the herders come south while the harvest is still being harvested. And the farmers now carry weapons to defend themselves. Climate change is aggravating all the problems that we face. It is creating migration. It is increasing interreligious violence. It is making people hungry and is making people lose their infrastructure. And God is calling us as God called Moses. So, what do we learn from the story of Moses? There was Moses. Who was raised in Pharaoh's household, a little bit confused about whose side he was on, but then he saw one of the Israel, one of the Hebrews being murdered, and he stood. He was being beaten, and he murdered the Egyptian who was beating him up, and had to flee. Went into exile, and then came back on the mountain. God encountered him and called him. Now, how did God? call moses and how is god calling us moses was just getting on with his day tending the sheep and then he saw a burning bush and out of curiosity he approached the burning bush and god called to him moses moses here i am he said he said take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have seen the misery of my people. God says, I have seen the misery of my people and I have heard them crying because of the slave drivers. So I have come to rescue them. And then the third thing he says is, Go now. I am sending you. Three things. I have heard the misery. Of my people I have heard the crying of my people I am sending you and you are standing on holy ground so the first question that we must ask ourselves is are we hearing the cry of God's people are we hearing the cry of God's people we get busy with our own lives Do we forget that our actions are impacting the lives of a 12-year-old in northern Kenya who is so weak from hunger? That our, our actions are impacting on the family who lost nine members in a flood in South Africa? Do we hear the cry of God's people? And not only those who are impacted on other parts, sides of the world do we hear the cry of young people who say I don't want to have a child because I don't want to bring my child up in this world young people are suffering from eco anxiety they are so worried about the future and then they see the church doesn't care are we Hearing that an- eco anxiety? Are we reaching out to young people with a voice of hope that says, yes, we can make a difference? The second question that we need to ask ourselves is do you know that you are standing on holy ground? Pope Francis w- wrote this wonderful letter encyclical called the Laudato Si. And he said, we must hear the voice of the poor, but we must also hear the cry of the earth. And scripture tells us that God speaks to us through creation. Because creation holds the fingerprints of the creator God. In Romans 1 verse 20 we read, Since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen and understood. This beautiful living planet which was given into our care, the first commandment that we were given as human beings was, look after my earth, holds the fingerprints of the creator God. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Do we hear the cry of the earth? Do we feel the presence of God when we are out in nature? And do we mourn for the losses of wonderful creatures and wonderful ecosystems on which we depend for life? And then the third question that God asks us is this, do you hear God calling you? Moses, like most of us, tried to put, push God off, and he actually had five reasons why he couldn't get involved. First of all, he said, who am I that I should lead the people out of Egypt? And that's what most of us say. What can my little actions What difference can my little actions make? Yes, I can do my best. I can reduce my carbon footprint. I can recycle. I can choose to take a bus rather than driving. What little actions can I take when the problem is so big? Catherine Hayhoe, who is a fantastic climate scientist, she shares this picture with us. She says, we often think that climate change is this huge boulder that we are trying to push up this mountain and it keeps falling down on us. But we need to have a different picture. We need to have a picture of this boulder. Yes, it's huge and it's heavy and it's crushing us, but we are getting to the top of the mountain and it is beginning to tip. It is beginning to tip. And so every single action, every single hand is important. Renewable energies have speeded up much faster than we ever thought. We are living the transition. We are living the revolution. But at the same time, the impacts of climate change are speeding up much faster than we ever thought. We are hitting the zone now of tipping points. We're seeing it as we experience more heat in India, they had those terrible heat waves and so many people were using air cons, they had to go back to using coal. The north and the south of the planet are ice and we know that ice reflects off heat. And as the ice melts, it leaves behind the dark blue of the oceans and the heat is speeding up. They call that the albedo effect. As the, uh, the, the planet heats, the forests are drying out and we see more and more fires pumping carbon emissions into the planet. And in the frozen north, the permafrost, which was permanently frozen, is now beginning to melt and methane is seeping out into the atmosphere. So the next Three years are crucial. This has to be for all of us as individuals, as churches, as industries. It has to be our number one priority. Let us push that boulder and put our hands together. Every action matters. Every choice counts. The second question that Moses, the second statement that Moses says to God is, Who are you, God? What if the Israelites ask who you are, and God says, I am who I am, and gives him instructions, assemble the elders of Israel and tell them that you have met with God. Many people say, but what has this really got to do with the church? We, as people of faith, have a very key role in this whole climate change crisis. Because we are bringing hope. Many people are responding out of fear. They are responding out of anger. We respond with hope. Because we know that the God who stands behind us is stronger than any problem that stands in front of us. Romans 8 verse 19 says that creation is standing on tiptoe, waiting for you and I. Creation is standing on tiptoe, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Where are we? Where have we been? Where is the voice of the church? When you drive around the city, why don't we see posters that say, we care about creation. We care about climate justice. Why do people not know that the church cares? The third thing that Moses says to God is, what if they don't believe me? What proof can you give me? And he gives him a stick to throw onto the ground, and it turns into a snake. We know that God acts. We know that seeds die, but then they give life. We know that night follows day, and day follows night. We know that God is the creator, and we know that God can renew the face of this earth. That is the message that we can take to the world. And then Moses says, but okay, all that, but I don't know how to speak. And I made God was getting a bit irritated by now. Moses, let's get on with this. None of us know how to speak. We don't have to understand all the climate science. We don't have to understand the physics. We do know the basics of the caring for creation because we learned it in kindergarten. What did we learn? We learned, say thank you. Let us live as people of gratitude for this wonderful planet. We learned, don't take more than your fair share. Share with the other children. If we look at our impact on this planet, Am I living above the level which is mine? Am I using more than my fair share of resources on this planet? Do you know that World Overshoot Day takes place on the 29th of July this year? Which means from the 29th of July, we are using more resources than we are putting into this planet. And the third thing we learned was clean up your own mess. I am responsible For my carbon emissions i am responsible for my use of plastic so say thank you share and clean up your own mess those are our messages and then the final thing from moses please send somebody else and god says okay you can go with your brother go with aaron and work together and that is one of the most important messages that we need to know. Individual actions are not going to save this planet. It is not enough for me to recycle. I need to stop those companies producing all that plastic. One of the most shocking things for me, being back in the UK, is that you get tins of beans in plastic containers. Who knew that baked beans come in plastic containers? We're actually going backwards, we're using more plastic. We have to fight at the big level. We have to be part of campaigns. We have to be part of movements. We have to go with Aaron. Individual actions are not enough. So get involved. Support your grandchildren, support your children in Fridays for future. Get involved with tear fund campaigns to fight plastic pollution. Get involved in campaigns for green energy, or electric buses. Get involved with the Care for Creation program here with Bethany. Individual actions are no longer enough. We have to be part of movements. And so, as we face this enormous challenge, global challenge of climate change, let us remember the story of Moses and the burning bush. Our actions, must be rooted in a love for God's creation. The land where you are standing is holy. We must act because we feel the pain of our neighbors on other parts of the world. Have we heard the misery of God's people? But let us remember that we are people of hope. We are called by God. And we believe in the renewal of this planet. I want to end with some words from Christiana Figueres, who went down in history as the organizer of the Paris Climate Conference, a woman of great faith from Costa Rica. And she brought her faith and hope to that Paris conference. And she said, When it comes to climate change, pollution, and biodiversity loss, the vast majority of us have a learned reaction of helplessness. We see the direction the world is headed and we throw up our hands. Yes, it is terrible, but it is so complex and so big and so overwhelming, we can't do anything to stop it. This learned response is not only untrue, it is fundamentally irresponsible. Know that you are incredibly lucky to be alive at a time when you can make a transformative difference to the future of all life on earth. You are not powerless. Your every action is suffused with meaning. You are part of the greatest chapter of human achievement in history. Amen.